Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. My name is Deanna Laufer, along with my co-host Sam Stern. You'll hear our voice each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of CX Cast. I'm your co-host, Deanna Laufer, here with my other co-host, Sam Stern. Hello. Today, we are joined by senior analyst on the customer experience team, TJ Kitt. Welcome, TJ. Thanks for having me. Sure. Glad to have you back. TJ is going to be talking about a relatively new piece of research that he has written about integrating your business partners into your end-to-end B2B customer experience. What's the title, Deanna? (laughs) (laughs) I'm only reading it once and maybe at the end. Well, I appreciate you getting all of the component parts of the title into your introduction there. Yeah. (laughs) That was very good. Yeah. Yeah. So without saying the title again. Can you <laughs> can you tell us why this particular piece of research is important and why you've been focusing on it? Right. Well, it came about actually as a lesson learned in our pilot study for our B2B tech customer experience index. One of the things that we wanted to understand in that piece of research was the effect that partners play on the customer experience. We understand that in a lot of tech companies and in a lot of companies in general, companies depend on their partners to deliver some or in some cases all of the experience for their customers. And so what we wanted to lay out as part of that research was the indication to the marketplace that we understood that that was the case and help them understand how to account for their partners in that experience. And in looking at the data that we got back, Mm -hmm. what we saw pretty clearly was that um, partners actually have two effects on customer experience. They can either drag it way down or they can help prop it up. So when we looked just in general across customer experiences, what we found was the lowest customer experience scores were generated by partners acting independently of the vendors. And what we found conversely was that when partners worked in conjunction with a vendor, they generated the highest customer experience scores. So when we you know, kind of take all of those things together, we said, well, maybe it's incumbent upon us to then write a second piece of research that actually lays out how you then account for your partners and the end-to-end B2B customer experience, uh, both in terms of measuring what they're doing and then also managing what they're mm-hmm. doing to serve your customers. Can you give an example maybe of, of what it would look like <coughs> when a partner is um, acting independently, to put it nicely, going rogue, to maybe not <laughs> put it so nicely? Um, it's not necessarily so much of them going rogue, but you know, more or less them being unmanaged. So if you, if you think unmanaged, about... Okay. Yes. <laughs> so if you think about... Um, um, say, uh, kind of your, your ordinary tech sales, your software sales, uh, you as a software company may spend a great deal of time selling direct to your highest value customers or your, your biggest spenders because they expect a greater degree of interaction with you. But for um, smaller customers, you yeah. may depend in part or entirely on different partners to sell to them and then deliver follow-on support. And in many cases, your smallest customers may deal primarily with some sort of reseller 
as a um, primary conduit toward your product or service. So in that, you know, in that regard, while you may have your name on the box or on the interface, the individuals that the client most often interacts with are going to be representatives of that partner. So when we talk about acting independently, at least in terms of the client setting, that's what we're really talking about. We're talking about when the partner becomes the human face of the experience that a customer receives when they are using or acquiring your products or services. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is also really relevant for an industry like insurance, right, where a lot of insurance companies sell through independent insurance agents and the insurance providers themselves probably don't have a lot of control over the agent's way of selling or managing their relationship. Right, and I think that's that's kind of the the big thing here. It's that... in B2B, but I imagine in many other you know, yeah. parts of the, um, the the customer experience spectrum as well. It's really about a relationship. You're trying to build a relationship with the customer or groups of customers that you're serving. And in terms of scale, a lot of organizations just can't realistically you know, you know, kind of individually serve all of those customers. So they depend on their partners to do something, you mm-hmm. know, to build a relationship. So that could be helping them with marketing. That could be helping them with sales. That could be going on into the implementation and support of the product or service. And so if, if that's the case, if, if, if those partners are going to be responsible for the relationship, um, it's really important for mm-hmm. a vendor to understand what it is that the partner is doing um, in context of building that relationship and understand if that is souring or improving the customer's perception of the brand. Yeah. Now, the title of your report implies that partners aren't well integrated mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. companies' customer experience today. What are you What are you seeing that that kind of shows that? Well, I think we, we go again back to our data. You know, what yeah. we saw when we surveyed customer experience professionals um, overall, and then looking specifically at B two B customer experience professionals, is that very few of them actually evaluate the partner's experience as part of a customer experience measurement program. Mm -hmm. If they are evaluating the partner's experience, uh, they are doing so primarily to get an understanding of the revenue contributions the partner can make. So uh, one of the kind of software companies that we worked with uh, a fair bit when evaluating their partner program, what we found was the bulk of how they judge a partner's quality is on the account, the total account values that the partner has, as well as the number of certifications the partner has. The actual customer experience counts for less than a quarter of the evaluation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of organizations, you know, when they think about their partner ecosystem, it's primarily as a conduit to growth and how you evaluate, how you assess growth is contributions to the top line or the bottom line. So, you know, from that perspective, you know, the the evaluation of the experience that the partners are delivering is fairly base level. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's how are you contributing to a very basic metric that we have, a very basic issue that we have, which is how do we grow? Then beyond that, you know, once you kind of realize that we don't have this concrete measurement program for our partners, you have to have a discussion about um, how are you accounting accounting for what the partners are delivering. And so, again, if you think about just matter of scale, so there are some you know companies like a large software company that we work with that has in excess of 200,000 partners. It's, it's going to be very hard for you to manage 
200,000 partners. So what you do is you build these partner tiers that don't look all that dissimilar to the tiers that you would build for customers. You know, you, the highest priority partners are those that generate the most revenue for you. And so they get the most attention in terms of um, access to account managers, um, uh, co-op or co-marketing, co-sales support and things of that nature. Then you have your kind of lesser revenue generating partners that end up in, let's call them your silver and bronze tiers mm-hmm. that receive uh, lesser levels of support. And when you get into the bronze level, a lot of it's going to be you know pretty much self-service and self-starting because these individuals are primarily geared towards serving niches in the marketplace or smaller customers and are highly transactional in nature. So you know, if the partner ecosystem is going to be fragmented in that, in that regard, then it becomes very difficult again for the business to concretely integrate those individuals or those businesses into the end-to-end experience that they want to deliver. And then I think finally, you know, because there's so much breadth and depth in terms of these partner ecosystems, it becomes very hard for partner management groups to really have a, a strong handle on all the things that the partner offers. So, you know, you can look across a number of B2B tech organizations and find that, you know, once you get beyond, say, their upper echelon partners, that the knowledge of the service catalog, what that means is the kind of the knowledge of what the partner actually offers in conjunction with your product and service <laughs> is fairly light. So it becomes very difficult for you to say, here are the handoffs between us and our partner, and here are the things that the partners are delivering post that handoff. So I think those things uh, you know, kind of taken together all show that it's not necessarily by design that the vendors are neglecting partners, but it's really just kind of a matter of the complexity of how you manage partner organizations in order to grow the business. So that makes sense, right? I mean, if you have that many partners, that many tiers serving that many customers with that big a product suite, I mean, talking about some of these big B2B companies, you can see why that would get unmanageable, unwieldy in a hurry. But so then how do companies at least you know, keep some semblance of coherent and reasonable customer experience delivery by their partners when it gets to this level of complexity. Right. So what we talk about in the report is really co-opting the traditional method of managing a partner ecosystem. So you have you know, this notion of a gold tier partner, your upper tier partner, your silver level partner, and your bronze level partner. So you use those tiers as a way of then constructing approaches to managing those partners' experiences that they're delivering to customers. And so what we talk about in the report is for your upper-level partners, your gold-level partners, really think about how to take that high-touch relationship and use it as a way of uh, further integration between the two businesses. So include those partners in developing the customer experience. You know, kind of take their feedback based on what it is that they're conversing with their customers about. That's something that you would almost, you know, suggest to them as a benefit of this better relationship you have with us, that you have that kind of influence? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, at the end of the day, I mean, kind of the escalation of someone between different partner tiers is really about additional benefits for appropriate behavior. I mean, they can almost tune it to, we're better at delivering, you know, this aspect of the experience or in this way, so we can give you that feedback and can make us more successful, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, one element is, is including them into that co-creation of the experience. And I think the second thing is you want to incent them to do that with things like co-marketing mm. you know, and co-branding of, of certain experiences because it allows for you to, you know, at one at, at once, you know, kind of make the partner a part of the story, you know, from a marketing perspective, but it also forces the business in many ways to consider the partner as part of that end-to-end story. And then I think, you yeah. know, also by providing that partner access to 
what are most of the time you know, considerably larger resources around mm-hmm. you know kind of the the sales and marketing um, side of the business that added incentive of you know helping them with their reach. Uh, yeah. to prospective clients. Now, when we get into the, the silver level, you know, what this is really about is shoring up a base of customers that you know, have demonstrated some level of, you know, kind of proficiency with your products or services, helping them either better serve that middle tier of customers or helping them move into that upper gold level tier yeah. that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things that we that we discuss at this level are really about um, getting them to buy into a specific understanding of what the experience should be. And that really gets into in some cases, creating offerings for the customer or for that partner to deliver to customers. So if you look at, say, like a Google, um, they've they've created a series of things um, from customer success services to adoption services to a, a security and risk assessment that they have their partners deliver on their behalf uh, to help those partners understand where there is value in yeah. the experience or th- that they're missing, that the customers are missing in the experience that the partner can deliver. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of, to, um, you know, as another um, avenue is to begin to change the notion of what a certification should be certifying. So historically speaking, especially in the tech markets, it's mostly been about technical competency. But if you look at like an AWS, a lot of what their certification for partners um, in, in AWS, I should say, is um, Amazon Web Services. So a lot of, just going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. A lot of what their certifications are about are really um, experience competencies, if you will. So it, it, mm. what they say is, or how they certify people is to say, you know, here in entertainment or media and entertainment, here is a company or here is a partner of ours that understands how best to package content, um, you know, put content to the cloud, deliver it for, so that you and your customers have the benefit of, you know, kind of taking advantage of that content uh, as part of um, using the AWS platform. So you know, it, kind of the orientation is less toward just straight technical proficiency with the yeah. Amazon platform and more toward can you help the customer get this specific outcome? Yeah. So that, that orientation towards customer success, you know, read that as customer, that kind of what the actual customer experience should be, mm-hmm. becomes an important part of that conversation. And that can then, you know, by demonstrating success in those areas, that can help someone escalate along that path toward being a higher level partner or at least shoring up their position in that silver tier. In the bronze tier, uh, that's going to be your broad base. That's going to be a lot of companies serving niches or, you know, highly transactional and how they work with the business. So it's going to be very difficult to, say, integrate them or incent them in, in, in ways to get them to move up these different um, these different service tiers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is really appropriate there is to try to get them to buy into a very basic idea of what the customer experience should be. Um, don't follow up, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, one of the things that we begin to talk about is this idea of qualifying people into the program as being able to deliver a basic level of service. You know, oftentimes, especially as companies are building their partner programs, what they usually tune toward is, you know, any warm body that is able to sign up in our partner program can then begin delivering as a basic level partner. And what we're trying to say is that the customer experience professional should try to intercede here and say, the partner program manager, let's move away from that sort of orientation in the program building. And let's say that there's a minimum level of service you have to be able to deliver. And then beyond that, let's then talk about how we onboard a partner in a way that doesn't necessarily overburden them with services that they don't require. So maybe you kind of move more towards self-service or if you follow an example like Citrix, move toward a model in which you're trying to use third-party concierges to scale your ability to serve some of these lower tier partners. And then you kind of augment that with things like partner community. So Salesforce, for example, has been fairly successful in creating this partner community using its own product, but, um, you know, kind of 
still, um, um, you know, kind of providing. Oh, it didn't work for that. Well, you know, what are they doing? Right. If you yeah. can't drink your own champagne, I suppose is the, yeah. the term. Kind of using that community, you know, platform to allow for partners to work together, get visibility into you know, kind of things that Salesforce is working on, and so on. That allows for them to continue uh, their education, if you will, around the experience that that Salesforce intends to deliver. So, you know, kind of really that, that combination of things: proper onboarding, proper vetting, mm-hmm. and you know, continuous education. You know, becomes a big part of you know how you ensure that broad base of lower tier partners is able to continuously deliver that experience. Yeah, I think that's important because despite the fact that you're applying this prioritization framework, there are a lot of light touches that you can do, yes. even if you have a partner organization of 200,000. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, well, TJ, thank you for joining us, as always, on CXCast. And listeners, we encourage you to go check out TJ's report with a lot more recommendations in this area. And I will read the title for the first time, but uh, not the first time that some one of us has read it. Integrate your business partners into your end-to-end B2B customer experience. Live on the site now. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's CXCast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in this episode in the podcast show notes. For questions or suggestions, please contact me at D-L-A-U-F-E-R at Forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality. <laughs>